Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Oh, we are. Oh, Oh, you're quite right. We are, because that's the name of the show. Welcome. I am Sam Love, and this is our Children of Airte after show, where we celebrate the holidays by recounting this year of adventure, significant bathing experiences, and honestly, quite a lot of snow. Now that I think about it, Mm. by the snow. Mm-hmm. And today I get the first gift because I'm joined by the whole cast. Hello, all of you. Why don't we unwrap the present that is your collective presence by introducing ourselves, starting with Alicia. <gasps> with me. Hi, everybody. My name is Alicia Marie. You can find me on socials at Alicia Marie Potty. Today I am rocking a green sweater and a red pin because it's Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, um, tonight I will not be playing Fruza. I will try hard not to play myself during this stream. I'm very excited. I'm excited to be here with these lovely people, but I'm sad that it's our final stream of the year. But also Merry Christmas and um, all that. And to you, Hope. Oh, hello. I'm Hope Lavelle. Follow me on the things as the Hope Lavelle. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just... <laughs> and so is your hat. It's oh, so pretty. You. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, Lauren. Oh, hi, I'm Lauren Urban. I'm the content manager at Idol Champions of the, the Forgotten Realms. You can go to my website, lauren-urban.com. But that that's it. But I, I did find my Hanukkah mug somehow. Yay! Yay! Happy Hanukkah! Yay! Happy Hanukkah. The, the, sun, the, the, the sun already went down like two hours ago, so we already did the whole menorah lighting and everything because because Yay. it's winter in Seattle and yes. it's just dark all the time. <laughs> That's right. I You're just sharing the winterly experience that all of your characters have uh, been enjoying in, in Tiver. Yeah. Ain't that right, Jen? Four yes, hours yes, of daylight. Absolutely. That's all you get. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like yep. We're just we're just basically doing Sweden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hello. I am Jen Kretschmer. You can find me on the socials as at Dreamwisp and streaming as Dreamwisp Jen. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't have to say who I am tonight. Other than that, it's a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was just you. <laughs> oh, Adam. 
Hi, I'm Adam Bradford. I am the CDO at Demiplane. We've had a uh, really big year and it is uh, not quite over uh, for us. So uh, we are crunching for another couple of days to get one more thing out before our holiday break. But uh, uh, it's been really, really great. And tonight I am playing a uh, kinder, (laughs) less cynical, slightly more subdued version of a character that is myself and not Silas Jordan. Mm-hmm. Or Sorrel. I said Jordan because of the hat, but Silas Sorrel. Sorry for that spoiler. If you haven't caught there may, gentle audience, be some spoilers <laughs> this eve. I should warn you now. Uh, but she who holds all the spoilers inside her head, Deborah, introduce yourself, please. Hi, yes, I'm Deb Ramwell. Usually I am the storyteller and host for the evening, but tonight I bequeath that unto Sam. Um, and I will say this, it was occurred to me when I was uh, first coming up with the name of this adventure, uh, Children of Erte, I, having no idea that there would be an after show talking thing that would punnily work so well. So uh, that really was a happy accident, I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And thanks eternally to Adam for letting me name the show. I was about to say, trust Sam of all of the things that they do amazingly well. Puns are our puns top are of the up list. there. Yeah, this is right. Always count on Sam for a pun. <laughs> I will try to deliver, uh, but with oh, the gift of all of y'all's presence, I should also mention the gifts from our sponsors, including Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms because they're giving away two codes and you can type exclamation point code in chat for a free Electrum chest in game, as well as Die Hard Dice, purveyors of clicky clacky math rocks. Use code Airte at checkout for 10% discount and we will be doing a giveaway in chat during stream and Sirenscape because epic games require epic music and holiday games require the same. But with that paltry impression of Adam's spectacular sponsor spiel, on with our show with a reminder that you can ask this lovely cast questions like, what color towels should I get Silas for the holidays? By asking your question with question in all caps in chat. Here, I'll demonstrate the question part if not the all caps, mm. with a bit of year in review, because I have noticed that players are very shy about sharing their favorite moments of their own characters. But if there's one thing I know about all of you, it is that you are very generous about recognizing your fellow cast members. So rather than ask you all to recount memories of your own characters, I'd love to hear memories each of you have of another character. No pressure, it doesn't even have to be your favoritest memory or anything, just whatever comes to mind, for instance, at the risk of recency bias, my science-loving heart was a big fan of, it's a lysosome, didn't you pay attention to biology? Yeah. Weeks ago. (laughs) It actually wasn't, so I lied. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, scientists. No, 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 that was just uh, that was just Maeve. You it was know, Maeve getting, getting it wrong. Yeah. Maeve, that, that was a character but, choice, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will throw the uh, my favorite things as as one of my favorite moments because I knew both both Lauren 
uh, and Neb had ways into that, and that made me very happy. <laughs> um, so yeah, getting getting to see that happen uh, uh, was delightful. While we're in that world, uh, I have to say, Robin with the cursed amulet and the mama dolls, oh, yeah. and the fact that all of that then ended in a in a bag of dolls. <laughs> Is that's yeah that's my favorite for, yeah for a game master to be like wow this thing and i you know i love those dolls i think the creation of those were some of something really fun for me to make and the idea that like they're still in game you guys like, like <laughs> robin can pull them out anytime she wants so um i don't know i just i hope i thought handled that curveball that i threw her so elegantly and heart you know Fullingly, and uh, I'm. I can't wait to see what more she makes of it. So, Deborah, as the arbiter of this world, I'm sure you could answer for us. Are the Nutcrackers in Robin's bag performing the Nutcracker right now? Only you can say, and your answers are canon. Please tell us. So, so, <laughs> so they're not. You know, they're not ballet. Nutcrackers don't move, right? Like their legs can't move. They're, you know. They just all they do it. So um, I I'm willing to I'm only willing to go so far as to say that they are chomping out the beat to the sugar plum fairies. They're they're or the little drummer boy or something like that. They're just if you they're open Robin's the beat. Bag, bag, you just hear chomp chomp chomp. <laughs> um, Thank you. I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to go back a little bit more in time, back mm -hmm. to when we were underwater and uh, watching Maeve specifically, but a couple people interact with that creature. Um, and uh, But that moment towards the end as we were all finally getting back together and Maeve is just bullshitting her way into doing some awesome things. Like, I don't know. <laughs> The, like it was just amazing that whole conversation and i was in awe and neb was lost and it was amazing um i'm gonna say the double nat 20s from feyruza oh yeah that battle that killed the stream <laughs> i literally peaked. broke the internet <laughs> I i'll never hear that again <laughs> You don't have to. It was perfect exactly when it was needed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, what was mine? Um, I was gonna. I was also gonna say Robin's backpack has been a lot of fun for me this season because I think it's funny that they literally don't question this at all. They just say, "Okay, this is Robin. She has a giant backpack and it's full of doll paper dolls. Just, just <laughs> that's just it. We're just carrying with us everywhere. We don't question it at all ever. Out of sight, out of mind." But I also love, there was just something funny about the recent moment of um, Silas carrying me, carrying Silas carrying Feruza, carrying Nev, yes. who's carrying <laughs> like that. <laughs> like for me, like, you know, with the theater of their mind visually, that just made me laugh because it just made no sense. So that was one of my favorite, like, mental moments just came to my mind right now. But I'm, there's just a lot more. There's a lot more, but that one, that one was pretty funny to me. <laughs> I think uh, for me, most of the things that stand out the most in the memory are the things that, uh, because uh, for me, there are just countless, uh, you know, fun things that bring a smile to the face. But uh, the things that stand out the most to me are the moment 
parts where, uh, because I don't do very well with horror and those kind of things. Oh, no. Well, I mean, we've talked about this, you know. And, um, but uh, Emma doesn't just throw that at me, uh, you know, completely uh, unwittingly. But, um, but you know, it, it really is like there are a few moments that uh, that really do like give me chills when, uh, you know, Deborah often, but but others in response to certain things that happen uh, because uh, you know it's just described so well. And uh, you know, I guess one of the recent ones is uh, you know when we're investigating, and you know, Silas was uh, perfectly reasonable to try to cut into whatever this membrane was. Like obviously, <laughs> that's what you do because you need. Um, and uh, and just everything that you know happened from there, and the tentacles, and the way it was described, and um, I, I just saw I saw every bit of it, and um, and it was like uh, you know I, th- I think that that is the thing for me, uh, one of the reasons that I do enjoy like uh, you know often I don't play with maps and things even when I you know run games because for me um, it, it is just uh, it, it it always is that picture in my head. There have been so many moments over the course of this last year, uh, you know, underwater is kind of scary just in general anyway. And so, uh, you know, being in that submarine and, uh, or, you know, submersible or whatever it was that was bringing <laughs> us down to the thing, um, like all, all of that was just utterly terrifying to me as a player, um, but in a good way, like, it, you know, in, in a good way, like it kind of, you know, shakes me out of, uh, uh, you know, some of the complacency that I have about that genre. So, uh, so I've really been enjoying it, but it's also in those moments that I kind of feel the most alive and they stand out the most in my memory. I want to throw one in again, yeah. the entire Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the to be determined we need more of because yeah. it is amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Just I have in my downtime been powering them all up. So. <laughs> yay! Oh, yay. They are getting stronger as we speak, as they hibernate. There's like a that... montage of you know running up the Philadelphia Art Museum steps. Yes. And, there we go. Uh, They're currently it, rockying. It was such a joy. That episode was just, it was so much fun, and everyone was so on that night and just <laughs> like we were it just everything like there you know there are some nights that it's always fun to play and everyone always you know clicks in but there are just some nights that you are you're everyone is just yeah. having like it, it's happening okay. and that night every single person was there to play and the setting was so great and every time we saw new monster i felt like i was seeing like I felt like I was a kid at Disneyland seeing, you know, my favorite characters for the first time. I just, I was geeking out so hard. And, and, oh, and Robin being the uh, vacuum sales. The vacuum sales. <laughs> and using the vacuum as all the things. And then Perusa doing that at the end of it. The, I, I, like, I want one of those vacuums. Like every piece of it. Every I also I appreciate the amount of male nudity in that particular <laughs> one. It, it felt so like a really, it like, felt like an equal opportunity kind of episode, you know. Yes, it was all yeah. tasteful. It was, it was all tasteful. Perfect the balance, you know, one yeah. session at a time. Need to get the balance back on that. Yeah, I was really and I, and and I think it it delighted me a little because it was unexpected. <laughs> Because I had no, I had no plan for that. I certainly did not expect 
I don't know why I keep forgetting that Robin has the invisibility. I should <laughs> I shouldn't keep forgetting that. You're like but he has no clothes then, on. I was Never, not let's expecting be real. You. Let, let's see your notes actually. Like, I, I don't know if I'm I'm believing. Male nudity must <laughs> And then, and then the, I was not expecting the werewolf to get killed. So, like, I really there. This that was an out of left field, little little turn twist of the, the screw there. So that was exciting for me. <laughs> it was such a good session with the most complete comprehension of the assignment I have ever seen. Yeah. All of all of you. Well, and did that, you guys channel anyone spe specifically for your? Did you channel anyone like crew? I know for me, just for me, I was trying to do like a Joan Crawford, like yeah, yeah. 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 That's who she was. That's who she was. <laughs> because we were told to do. <laughs> yeah, mine was sort oh, of yeah. a mishmash of a bunch of noir characters. Like I was thinking about the big sleep, and basically all every single leggy broad that walks into <laughs> into a detective's office. But how would Maeve imagine herself in that, yeah. and how would she flip it on its head? Yeah. Um, so all of that like paired up with a bunch of sort of that era of film stars mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I ended up kind of. I know it's not period appropriate, but I was thinking a lot of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Cause it was the kind of thing of like, okay, if Neb is going to be thinking about a, a person, you know, a, a film star to emulate. And I think that character specifically, that kind of adventurous snarky, but always able to take care of themselves. Yeah. So it was kind of in that vein, but, but definitely more towards the arrow we were all aiming for. Neb surprised me the most, I admit. I, I, when we met uh, Maeve's sort of Mrs. White Black Widow, I was like, yeah, no, I, I, I see seeing it. Like so many of the characters. I admit, Neb seeing that in, in the dream, in a dream, in the story, a thing that has happened that y'all yeah. dreamt about. Several times. Yeah. Well, it, it was like, okay, if she's going to, if this is going to be a dream version of her, we're going to go with it being a dream and not a nightmare. What's, you know, what are the things that she not idolizes, but like admires in, in the kind of adventurous people that she would, she would go out for. So like that kind of the things she can't do, like being snarky and being quick-witted and being that kind of self-confident and actually being able to take care of herself when she walks first into danger, you know, things like that. So little things. I like that aspiration. Speaking of things that we aren't, I'll have to shout out the land, uh, the land thief, not Water thief. Yes. Oh, Silas. In this dream and we'll live forever. I, think I put some experience points in water thief. You did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I might not all be all the way there, but I mean. We'll add a feat. <laughs> when you level up to eight, we'll add a feat. A water, a water thief feat. I'm a uh, land thief. <laughs> if we're still calling out things, I, I have a couple more things I want to call out that other people do that are awesome. Um, yeah. So we'd mentioned, kind of mentioned this before, but poor Deb has had to learn that I am going to try to talk to everything everywhere all at once. 
and, and turn it <laughs> the number of plants, animals, creatures, aliens that she has just pulled voices out and personalities out. And, and what I especially loved was the when we got to speak with plants and the fact that it was all like uh, emotions and it, that there wasn't a verbal thing, that it was more of a feelings thing I thought was beautiful. So, so thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that's always, think... that's always a thing. It's always, I, again, like as same as I should always remember that Robin is the invisibility. I should always remember that Ness can talk to things. For some reason I don't. Uh, and it gets hatches me by surprise oh, every time. And I have to remember that Silas can fly and like, Oh, oh right. right. Whoops. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Whoops. Uh. Whoops. I guess I have to figure out another way to make this hard. Um, you so manage. I promise. Manage. I manage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we all died one episode. <laughs> well, so, it's hard. so that was something when, when Adam brought up that most recent episode and Neb bringing up, you know, voices and things like that. I've always said I'm I'm not really very good at accents, but I do like voices and sound effects. And so there's something really fun that I think sometimes I, I, I never heard another game master like recommend this or tell, but it's something that's really like caught on for me that like those tentacles just doing like does so much right for telling of that story moment. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something to like, you know, sirenscape, obviously, you know, it can help in that regard, but that's just something I've been kind of like, hey, for inspiration for yourself and for your characters, like go listen to sounds and see if you can recreate them because it it a, a sound can go so much further than description sometimes, you know. Mm. Yes. Yeah, On that front, I love Deb the way that you the orbs and like the way that you communicate oh, with thanks. things that don't have language <laughs> and the way you approach the mm -hmm. thought processes of you know, non-sapient yeah. entities. I, I, I love the way you come at that. Thank you. No, that's fun. I also love, and I'm a huge fan of reflavoring spells for uh, your own character. And I know we've gone way down that road uh, a lot, uh, but it still surprises me. So the, the first time that um, Robin cast Tiny Hut, Mm. And it was a it was a tiny mm. sand castle was so it was it was just it was I didn't expect it at all, but it was perfect when it happened. Mm. Oh, and I have to throw the D&D episode in as well. Or the <gasps> yeah! because yes! was so I, have, I experienced like five percent of it, but it, it was even that five percent was great. With my terrible Internet. Mm. Oh, that's right. Well, it another was... thing we're just going to have to have part two of. Part two. Yes, mm -hmm. please. Got to see what happens to uh, Champion Neb. And uh, I, I can't remember your what was it, Pegasus? Uh, Pegasus's mm -hmm. name? Or oh well, I mean, I, I could writing something. No, yeah, so I had to look she, up my notes. she was based on um, that ep the the Warner Brothers cartoon and uh, what's Opera Doc? She's based. Okay. She's based on Bugs Bunny when they're pretending to be the Valkyrie riding the horse, which is <laughs> oh why the God. horse's name is Elmer, <sighs> which at the time just added to the hilarity because we were all talking about uh, glue anyway. So, so yeah, that's why she rides this giant fat white horse because it's that specific horse. Perfect. 
and yeah, you know, if we ever do a part two for that, it's going to be just like real life when you get together and play with people that you haven't played with in a while. Um, the person running the game isn't going to remember anything that happened. So we're just going to go with it. <laughs> but unlike your home game, we have a, we have a reference point. Oh, I'm not rewatching it. I want it to be authentic. <laughs> fair. That's fair. What was it? It was Vixens and Vagabonds? No. Something in Vagabonds. Uh, vagab vagabonds vaults. and Vaults. Yeah. Vaults and Vaults. Vaults and Vagabonds. Vaults. There we go. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That reminds I me. Mean, someone just brought up Land Thief thing that I have a really funny moment in my head. We were biosphere, underwater ship. There was some like mugs, like old mugs in the mm -hmm. ship. And I think like, I don't know if it was Robin that wanted to take one or something. And Silas was like, I can't take that or something like that because he's not a sea <laughs> Hey, that mug came in handy in a, it, a little while later. You used something it. Like wow. that. I was like, what? <laughs> My Polaris <laughs> mug. I need to get one now. You know, order a mug. That's right. That's right. From that era uh, was also uh, the long-running goof of the Silosaurus, uh, which sets up beautifully a uh, quick palate cleanser qu uh, question from our own Maverick 2, asking what everyone's favorite dinosaur is. Oh, uh, feel free also I, to give characters opinions. And now everybody oh, else has man. To, has to <laughs> yeah, I feel like Adam needs to go first here. Like. Well, I mean, this is the problem. If I go first, I'm going to take the whole stream. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Everyone, Hearing about dinosaurs. Oh, no. <laughs> I tell everyone that it's seasonal for me. You know, I go through, I go through different favorites. Um, so it's the holiday dinosaur then? The holiday dinosaur, the, the one that I have been, uh, you know, really uh, riding pretty hard this year has been the Ankylosaurus. Um, because, uh, and, you know, uh, spoiler alert, slight one uh, for a Marvel thing. So I'm giving you just a second to stop, you know, mute until I stop moving my hands if you don't want to hear what's happening in that. But there is an Ankylosaurus in the murder world the time forgot that we just released on Disney. Cool. um so uh so i love the ankylosaurus and so that is currently mm. the one i got the question this morning in the stream what was you know my basically the the winner for the year on favorite dinosaur mm. it's the uh, for those unfamiliar that is the big tankosaur with uh with a bludgeoning weapon on the tail oh which is now mm. Neb's favorite dinosaur because that's the only one that she could picture at least a little bit when when Silas was talking about uh, being mm. a dinosaur, having a dinosaur, wanting to be a dinosaur. Uh, I mm. mean, Lauren knows it's we're a while away if we ever get to that point, but that's that's hers. Uh, mine is the Stegosaurus, not because of anything from it, but uh, I actually ran a game a while ago in where there were dinosaurs on the island that my players were in and they all had like elemental changes to them. And uh, they came across a whole herd of Stegosaurus that had this electric current running through those spines along Ooh. the back. And so mm. I was able to talk about like, like when you see, um, yeah, when you see like uh, electricity jumping from one point to another, them jumping from spine to spine to spine to spine, and then they would attack things with their tail. And 
I was very proud because they were just stegosaurus, like wandering off to go eat grass. And my players just sat and enjoyed watching dinosaurs for a while. Like it was Jurassic Park. It was very nice. So they're still awesome. out there somewhere alive, thanks to my players. <laughs> Let's see. I don't. I don't know that much about dinosaurs. Um, my the if my sort of greatest. I, I still that, like her, everyone. I just thank you. I appreciate. <laughs> that. Um, you know, obviously, I know Jurassic Park and things like that. But if I really think about it, like my first dinosaur interest was Land Before Time. Mm. Sad, oh, so saddest, the most wonderful yeah. movie. Um, and probably like an, a lot of other like really creative opinion opinionated little girls, Sarah, mm. the Triceratops, you know, like really lives in my heart, you know, and um, and I mm. yeah, so I I'm gonna go with Triceratops because there was a part of me that was like just be nice to her, you know, <laughs> to feel oneself represented in media. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's been a long I, time gonna, since I've seen that movie. I love that you watched that and your takeaway was be nice to her. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it. I don't I know. It. I just remember, you know, she was kind of painted as like bossy or something like that. And little little girls get painted that way a lot. I don't know. I just sort of remember feeling like, I don't know. Yeah. She, she needs no, she, someone she, to be nice she, to her. She is great. And that is yeah. seriously, I say completely unironically, one of my favorite movies <laughs> Watch it probably on an annual basis. Um, I'm going to say Velociraptors only because the real Velociraptors are like the size of a dog. They were tiny. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think like, but the funny thing is they were small, but they were considered like major predators for dinosaurs. And I remember I read it. I read somewhere that they're like, imagine a wolf and a turkey crossed together. And that's what like, a, they were they were really the terrible bird-like creatures. I just find them interesting as little yeah. dinosaurs. And being that I used to have a vacation home, just kidding, with wild turkey that used to run around, I, you'd see them and they really do look like prehistoric in the face. Yeah. Also, I love how- pretty animals. <laughs> You you basically described a goose like yeah. like the ferociousness of a wolf and a turkey and I'm like that's a Canadian goose absolutely that's the most that's the that's the animal I'm the most afraid of that's nearby me those are terrifying yeah they're mean right they're kind of territorial or resource guarding type uh, yes. they are the vessel yes. of Canada's rage uh, it is all funneled so that the rest of them may be polite all the time. Yeah, yeah. Not only wow. not only are they rage incarnate, not only are they territorial, not only are they bigger than you think. Um, uh, don't look this up if it's going to bother you, but one of these days, look up on the internet what the inside of a goose's mouth looks like. Oh, <gasps> so scary. Oh, it's oh. an elvish horror. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay, so disturbing. I'm just kidding. I'm looking it up right now. There, <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get goose mouth monsters. We're totally getting goose mouth monsters now. I know. Stop giving me ideas. Listen, it's yours. Enjoy. It is horrific. Yeah, it, it really so I guess is. They're, yeah, all that wow. It pops up, up as a commonly uh, <laughs> <laughs> term. Oh wow! Right. Whoa. Yeah. Live reacts to geese. Why yep. do their tongues have teeth? Why don't their tongues have teeth? They're they're yeah. rage incarnate. That's why. Sure, I'm glad humans know. Wow. 
Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. This is definitely coming at you. Like, y'all can yeah. y'all can yell at me when it happens. I will take full responsibility. Ooh, cool. That's fine. And thus we have given our dungeon master a holiday gift. Ouch. <laughs> well, that, looks, yes. that looks dangerous. I love it. <laughs> I once had to battle a Canadian goose for my car. It was sitting on top of my car and it wouldn't let me into my car and I needed to, to get to work. And so I eventually Yeah, well, it almost did. It, it took me a good five minutes because they're huge. And they're tongues of tea. So scary. I mean, yeah, it so says here if you get bitten by one, it's really painful. So you should definitely avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't I like go out trying to get bitten by a goose. Down. Yeah. <laughs> you recommend not getting bitten by a goose. So Gentle audience on the air, Tay cannot medically recommend getting bitten <laughs> by a goose. Nope. Nope. There, a cover demi plane. We're good. Only, I only in pretend. <laughs> there are a lot of animals in Canada that are way more ferocious than than you think because they're cute and you think Canada they can't be so bad. <laughs> well, we've seen some examples thereof, or more particularly, we've seen Neb turn into them. We've seen Neb moose. Can we expect in the coming year, perhaps, Neb goose? Neb goose. Neb goose, Neb goose. The, the most terrifying of wild shapes. Yes. Um, she's, she's still got... CR 25. She's just going to have T-Rex stats, but skin it as a goose. I don't know. I can I can figure out like the sparrow and a hawk, and, but I think about a goose and I just can't picture it. I don't know why. It's just really terrifying. Um, she's got a little ways to go to learn how to uh, how to transform into things that can fly. Let's put it that way. I also feel like that might require a warlock pact. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Probably. Or a bit of barbarian <laughs> for the rage incarnate. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If they're ever player characters, I suppose. So by implication, I suppose you could be a different dinosaur-like burb. Like, you know, ostriches, not flying. Ooh. Still burbs, still rage incarnate, still mm. kind of dinosaurs a little bit. Cassowaries. Yeah, yeah. You ought to be wary of them. It's in the name. I mean, if there wasn't that huge avalanche, Pivim and, and Neb were going to go sliding down That's as right. as uh, penguins. Oh. But we got a little distracted. Small avalanche losing a train. Yeah. 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 That's true. You guys lost a train. <laughs> Careless. I, I don't like to think the train was uh, stolen by a runaway oh. avalanche. Like, we knew where we left it. <laughs> we knew where it was when we left. We put on the parking brake and everything. And then an avalanche well, decided, okay. mine. Speaking of dinosaurs, mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the Lost World movies or things like that very well. But in the book... The trailers that they take to the island get pushed off a cliff and they have to go up and down them like climbing mountains. So that's sort of the inspiration for that under snow. I thought car. of that, but I was yeah. like, surely that's not. No, I, I mean, look, Michael Crichton is one of my favorite writers of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, he is Definitely. the inspiration. Sphere, if you didn't catch it, is the inspiration for a lot of that underwater stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, I love adventure thrillers science thrillers in that way 
so I mean, he's right up my alley. And so a lot of things are are kind of inspired by that. So the, the vertical train under the snow is very much inspired by that, uh, that mm. train, that, uh, their trailer that got knocked off. And related to that, I know we're, we're getting away from dinosaurs, but there's two things I got to point out. First off, uh, it's Hope's first time casting Fireball, if I remember. Yeah. And it was epic and amazing. Epic! Yes. And we need yes. another Fireball at some point. There has to be another one. Um, and then I appreciated a lot when uh, Faruza and Neb were discussing becoming a spider. And uh, not only Faruza, but Alicia being very kind <laughs> about how that all worked. Like watching watching you go through Faruza's anxiety of all of that. And then, uh, yeah. And then a lot of backstage chat being like, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, incidentally, I, I lost a bet for a charity game, and everyone had to play a critter. I lost a bet, so I had to play a spider. Oh no! So I yes, yeah, so I played a spider that was just crying because she was caught in her own in her own web all the time. So she's <gasps> the entire time ah, getting caught. <laughs> so I've I've had my payback. So Neb's good. Yeah. How did you just attack my feelings instantly in one sentence with a spider? How dare you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think to to that point, I'll jump in and say something I appreciate about everyone on this cast, but I will use an example from, from Robin and the Fireball, is, you know, jumping on board with this idea that your characters don't know what they can do. And now that mm -hmm. she can cast Fireball, doesn't mean that she knows what Fireball does or what the consequences will be of that. And, and you know, that requires a little bit of, you know, knowing in your player brain that you are maybe gonna do something that isn't optimal, but every single player sitting here is really spectacular at letting story sort of guide the ride, you know? Um, and I, I don't know, I appreciate that so much. I think that moment with Fireball is a really great example of kind of going like, I'm gonna save everybody and do this thing with as much knowledge as Robin has, and then you learn it and can do, you know, better later or, or, or you know, craft it later as you learn. And so that was a big ask in this game was to say, hey, walk us through your characters learning how to use their magic and what their magic is. And I just appreciate every single moment, every single one of these players has, you know, leaned into that and really made a, a beautiful moment out of it. So thank you to you all. You're all very talented. Well, I think that's one of the special things about this game. So thank you. Like <laughs> as, as a person who plays a lot of D&D, we don't often yeah. get to explore that side of like how, especially the characters that are the charisma casters that don't learn from a book or right. don't, you know, get from their God. They just suddenly have magic, like that kind of thinking about how do you actually learn how to use your powers is real cool. Yeah. And you use them all so creatively. It's not just the showing the learning in the process. It's how the players through the characters wielded. And we had a lovely question uh, from Kilaki Redbeard that you are all such a creative group, which yes, true, based. But asks, how do you allow yourself or your characters to so often think outside uh, the box? Uh, same question. <laughs> I think for me, I actually, this is something I struggle with a lot. Um, I, I feel like in my brain, I'm always feeling like I, I'm 
watching other people who are thinking outside the box really easily and like doing that stuff without even trying and I'm sitting there going I don't know what to do but I think one of the things that I've discovered is that it's about questioning fundamental assumptions about what you know um it's looking at something in new ways and kind of trying to turn it around in your mind and say if I had never seen this before what would I think it did it's if you gave a kid from the 1950s a cell phone what would they do with it um just kind of taking away or or if you gave kids now you know a, a navigational like a naval navigational tool mm -hmm. what would they to do with it um what would they think it was for a and trying to find new ways to play with things and, and explore spaces and um challenge those assumptions that i normally would go in with as i looked at the situation yeah, I think for me, a lot of it ends up being uh, having a character in a situation that they're not suited for and having to come up with how, how you deal with that. You know, we, we've all got characters that have strengths and weaknesses. And so leaning into, well, my character wants to do this thing, even though she's not really good at it. So, but she's smart enough to know she's not good at it. I got to come up with something else. She's got to come up with something else. So like allowing for, oh, I'm, she's not good at this, but she's going to do it anyway, because it makes sense. So now, now we got to do something, you know, she can't jump this gap. So something else has got to happen. That that's usually where, uh, that, that's usually where I get to expand what some of those abilities and spells get to do. And there's always a furuza to fastball, especially. Uh, yeah. yeah. You want to cross the gap. So cool. New and creative uh, solutions, <laughs> adding to the good memories as well. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I'm like, do you mind if I throw you and your dog on shore? Go right ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. Regarding, like, thinking outside the box, um, I generally, like, oh, I lost these. I just found them. <laughs> um, Yay. you were looking outside the box and you found them <laughs> really like if i'm in a situation especially during a game where like your character like i feel like my characters are always cooler than i am as a person so i just try to imagine like if i'm in it i'm like you know it would be really cool if she took her glasses off and broke the lenses and they turned into little daggers and she threw them and they killed everyone like that's exactly how i think all the time <laughs> It'll be really oh cool. <laughs> that's amazing. So that's what, like, that's what I, that's what, like, I'm usually trying to think of, like, what would be the coolest thing in this situation to happen, even if sometimes it's not the most optimal. I'm, like, visually in my head as I'm listening to all these people here telling this really cool story, my, my imagination is just flying. So these people really are the ones that feed my insanity, sort of. <laughs> I sort of springboard off them when they come up like, ooh, and then some, it just goes from there. Yeah, it's imagination. I think uh, I think I just make a, a new box, honestly. Like, I don't know if it's really outside of the box. I, I do like playing, and I think this is just decades of, of GMing and having <laughs> to do NPCs um, because, you know, people don't really like playing certain kinds of characters but I know enough about story 
that I understand that there are certain types of characters that actually make the overall story better, even though, and uh, so I call them like the Templeton character uh, from Charlotte's Web was very <laughs> instrumental to me as a kid. Um, and uh, so it, it's that concept of, you know, uh, the, the troublemaker a little bit, but also like, uh, you know, uh, kind of in it for themselves a little bit, you know, so there, there are so many examples of that out there. And so I think, you know, I don't know if it's actually thinking outside the box as much as it is, uh, you know, making a box that is, you know, kind of in that Templeton vein and then just constantly thinking, because that's what I'm always thinking when I'm running games is what is this non-player character's motivations and what would they actually do in this situation? And, uh, and so I, I think about it that way. And, you know, that's the thing with, uh, you know, uh, Briv Steel Marrow that I played before, um, you know, in, obviously in different ways, but then, you know, Silas now, um, it, it certainly is a, um, uh, it, it's thinking what, you know, Templeton would do in a lot of those situations. <laughs> what would Templeton do? Yeah, and, it, and it's not necessarily, uh, you know, the, the thing that I'm going to do like in a home game or something, but it's like, I, I do think that overall it, it puts pieces out there that the other characters uh, you know, can kind of riff off of and, 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 you know, th they honestly make those things great. Um, but, but it really is, this, it, for me, it's just moving the box and, and like having a different kind of box and then trying to, you know, honestly keep everything within whatever I, I think that that box is for, for, for that character. I think I'll, I'll piggyback off of the box thing that Adam was saying is that for, for Robin, I created a box in which to be creative. And, uh, I, I made a list of, you know, jobs that Robin has done. And I made every single one of those jobs, a picture in her album book, which mm -hmm. then is her wizard spell book. So she can prepare her spells based on these jobs and these memories and these experiences. So for me, the creativity comes from, I have this list, I have these spells, they don't, go together but i have to creatively think how yeah. can i how can i you know defend this choice with the, an experience for this spell so for me that's just the most fun part of the game yeah 100% yeah, no, sorry yeah i'll i'll pick up and say uh, problems engender creativity right so you know the the conflict the the getting across the gap as as lauren said right like that's when you have to come up with an answer and so i think what what hope is saying is is really genius and and as a gm you can help your players by giving them conundrums right set yeah. up situations where they have to yes. figure it out and 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 yes. as much as you can remembering that they have sea invisibility and talk to animals <laughs> and, and trying to kind of, you know, what can you do to make those givens a little less helpful, you know, in that way so that they have to fall back on some other out of the box thinking. Um, so yeah. And then, then other things like, you know, I, I enjoy my role for the players so that there's less metagaming, you know, can kind of be pulled out of that if that's something that someone chooses. Um, adjusting monsters just enough that you might not be able to guess what they are or never naming them or, you know, those kinds of things, kind of keeping players on their toes so that they they can't anticipate 
uh, I think is is also other ways that that GMs can help players I, kind of expand. I, I, I want to jump in just super fast there. Uh, you know, the classic problem that people have with writing a character like Superman is, um, you know, a Superman becomes, you know, is, is so powerful. You know, how does <laughs> Superman get challenged? Yeah. And, um, mm. and, you know, some of the, uh, you know, comments that you know, made about like, Hey, yeah, we can fly and we can do yeah. uh, the, the, the things that I appreciate the most, even as, um, you know, we get a little higher in level here and everything, uh, is the situations end up and, and especially with the other players here, um, this is always coming up and it, it's, it's just rich to sink your teeth into, um, is, um, you know, challenges like what you might throw at a Superman character. It's not about how hard can you punch something? It's not how much you can break through a door. You know, it, it's none of those kind of things. It's like, you know, what does that do to you? you know, what are the moral qualms about it? What, are, you know, and so um, I have loved over the course of the last couple of years here, um, as, as we're you know doing this, like seeing how those situations arise. And since everybody had such a great idea mm. of who their character was when we started this journey, um, yeah. you know, a lot of times in a normal D&D game, I say normal, you know, wh whatever that means, but um, in, in many that I've played over the years, I would say that, you know, players don't always come in with a great idea of who that character is. And that's fine for a lot of games because you figure it out as you go and everybody's having fun. And it's great. But, um, but in this situation where everybody really knew the characters that we were playing, I think it's fascinating that um, you know people have really you know stayed true to those characters. There's been this dynamic growth for the characters and the situations that arise. Like the biggest challenges that I've seen is how to get along with everybody in this really wild situation, you know, and and less about like oh this this mom other than me Adam being scared of some of it, but um, but you know, it's like it's more it's more than the physical challenges and uh, and I think that part's been. Well, and branching off, branching off of that, what I was going to say to, about hopes also is sort of what you're saying, Adam, too. Um, I think part of it is the preparation, is if you know the character you're playing, if you've, if you've built in sort of your own walls, if you've built yourself a foundation for your character, then you suddenly have the freedom to be creative in it. If you don't know those pieces of your character, then you, you'll flail around a bit. Like you'll you'll mm -hmm. be you'll be trying to grab hold of something to to steer you, um, and when you can find those things, like the times that I felt lost with Maeve, or times that I went, oh, I need to go back and figure out some pieces about Maeve. Like there's something that's missing in ter in terms of her story that I've got to go look at what mm -hmm. I'm missing here because I'm feeling lost for some reason, and I need to figure out what she wants, what she's going for, what what she can do that I'm missing in my own abilities and go back to my sheet. And it sort of is, I, I talk about going back to the bar and ballet, like you go back and, and do your, your basics again, you do your scales, you do your, you know, just one-on-one stuff to figure out who you are and where you are. And then it mm -hmm. comes back and you do that martial that arts. I didn't know you did that in ballet. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every, every single class, whatever level you are all the way up to professionals, you start your day off with doing bar. I think, off of all of that with the how do you do um creative things in in those kind of moments i'm surrounded by a whole bunch of other players who can also do creative things and so if i can't come up with something one of them is going to come up with something and then piggybacking off of them 
um, supporting their ideas, coming up with coming up with. I sometimes have an easier uh, idea of a way to support someone else in a creative way than I do to come up with a creative answer. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then outside of the game, there's there's been times in where I've been like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this with Neb. You know, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to look. And just we've all played these characters now long enough that I know I can go to any of you and ask and get mm -hmm. at least an idea that is going to be on track for Neb. Uh, so if I'm mm -hmm. ever lost in in those cases and be, you know, if if she's going to. If I want her to learn how to cast a spell and I just can't figure out how she would learn it, being able to go to the rest of you and go, so uh, what are you thinking about? You know, that that just reminds mm -hmm. me, I, I have to shout out uh, Lauren, uh, you know, as a player. That's one thing that I don't know if I had ever seen hmm. until I, I met you and started playing with you several years ago at this point, like, wow, Ooh. time flies. But um, but it really is um, that you do you, you pregame. Um, you know, between sessions, but, but in a way it, it's not like, oh, Hey, let's figure out like what we're going to do here. Like some no, of them, yeah. everybody does. It, it really is. It's questions like, you know, Hey, you know, I just got this new ability and I, mm -hmm. I want your advice on like what, what you think, uh, you know, would be an appropriate moment for the, and, and that was, that's just, you know, so cool when I first like saw you do something like that. Cause I was like, I was like, you know, that is such a, you know, this is collaborative storytelling. And a lot of times mm -hmm. when you are playing these games, everybody still feels like, um, you know, uh, each, uh, each person is an Island. Like, you know, each character is an Island that you're, mm -hmm. you're off doing your own thing when, you know, if you're on a TV show or something, it's a writer's room. Right. And like, you know, there is that collaboration that's happening for all the characters. So um, mm -hmm. that was just one of the coolest things that I had seen at that point in time. And you've done it. And I think you've inspired other people, um, you know, group to do it and everything mm -hmm. too. So uh, just really, really cool. And uh, something that, you know, even if you have home games out there, I encourage you to try that kind of thing because um, mm -hmm. I, I love the idea that it's not all entirely on your shoulders <laughs> to bring your character yeah. to life. Like you can, you can get help from other people. Well, and the opposite of that is true of like, if I, I like learning and I think all of us like learning if there is something that someone wants their character to be able to do, you know, oh, we know Silas is going to fly at some point. Uh, what <laughs> I, I remember us having that conversation of like, uh, of you having feather fall and like, Hey, we're eventually going to get into a situation where I'm just going to jump and don't worry. It'll be okay. You know, like knowing some of those things in advance to help craft a story so that you can help some of the other characters do cool things you know like oh i know mm -hmm. i i know robin has fireball and wants to set it off here so you, gonna... you can step on toes pretty easily in this game right where it's yeah. like it's you know because that's the thing is like you know hey i've got this you know feather fault telekinetic net um you know this sorry did i give it away uh, yeah no 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 it's it, it totally totally fine everybody knows that one <laughs> but um yeah. but but with with that though um, it really is. It's like, uh, you know, sharing me sharing that, Hey, I have this ability. Uh, one of you might've had an ability <laughs> that, that you <laughs> needed to take a whole bunch of damage or something. And so just like understanding what everybody has and, and what you mm -hmm. do and like, Hey, if, if I jump off a cliff, don't do anything about it because all of us are like with our reaction. No, we're silvery barbsing. We're, we're doing this, we're doing that, you know, when, uh, when we could steal some of those moments, uh, from, Mm -hmm. So again, just like most things in life, communication is um, is a really really good. Thing. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I think too, from the beginning, we all sort of thought as we were building our characters, not only mechanically, what can we, you know, how can we synthesize our characters? How can we find things that we can learn from each other mechanically in terms of spells or in terms of abilities or, you know, by observing, but narratively, what are the things that as I'm creating this character, might my character need to learn in their life, in their personality? And who who can I learn that from? Who's here and what are they doing? And or what, you know, if I know that there's someone like Robin who's going to be in the story, Robin has so much life experience. So characters like Neb and Feruza and Maeve who are young and and sort of haven't had a lot of experience in the world, each of us are going to have things that we aren't great at because we just don't have the life experience and Robin is going to have all of this knowledge and all of this experience that we can draw on so those are things that as we're creating our characters we can build out those flaws and that inexperience yeah. because it allows you to have this opportunity to build those moments for the for the long rests or for the conversations or just to, to just follow that arc even more which I I, I love and I mm -hmm. don't think I've ever had a game where really that was part of the character building process before and and i i love that about these characters because they they feel so interwoven in a way that i don't think i've had a group feel yeah not just connected but actually like it's a, it's it's a, it's a tapestry well and i don't know i i don't actually a lot of life. <laughs> so I can't always make comparisons. So maybe this isn't a, a a new thing. You can tell me. But you know, I tend to write pretty action-driven D and D. Um, mm -hmm. You know, kind of keep it going. Um, there's always going to be something to explore, something to yes. you know investigate, something to fight. There's oh, you know, there will be a wisp to follow you know um, <laughs> but what I you know but I also know players love and people love to watch those moments that are just the characters interacting and something a a rhythm that we got into that I think is so great is that every few episodes we do these watches and every time you all pick different pair-ups and it mm -hmm. just allows for one you all to settle in go back over what has been happening, any questions that have arise kind of reset your mind. And it's great because it gives me a thing like, oh, they need clarification here or or they're way ahead of me on, on this one. Fantastic. Let's let that pay off sooner. So I can kind of pregame myself a little bit because I get clued into where your heads are at. But it also, it just, these relationships, like, you know, Jenna's saying, yeah. start to get more interwoven. We see specifically like a dynamic between Silas and Feruza is really different than Feruza and Robin, you know, and so we see how those who you are with different people and and what mm. each of you bring out in each other. And it's just a really I it's such a fascinating rhythm. And it's something I learned doing this game because I'm so action oriented. I think I don't always leave space for that. Uh, and you all kind of took it. And when it first happened, I was like, oh. Oh, I guess we're just <laughs> gonna spend this episode talking. Okay, you know, and and I had to kind of get on board with that. But now it's, I really learned that it's a, a very important part of the game. Um, and so yeah, I, I yeah. Well, I, I I I will say that like I do genuinely think that it depends on the group because like mm -hmm. for so many years, it you know, I have Indy yeah. Jones to the you know map to this place and like you know, <laughs> yeah. um, like like the montage of like moving into the next you know meaty scene yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I will say that like, I have never liked the concept of watches. And again, when I run games, a lot of them, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. And when, when I run those games, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. And, and, and you all have a wonderful night and, yeah, and all, all that. So, um, so this is, uh, you know, really something that many of these players have introduced to me. Um, and I do like, I have never played in a session for, you know, two hours that was pretty much an entire just long rest like you know for because we've probably had multiple episodes of that at least we're half the yeah. episode is a long rest yeah. and um they are some of my favorites now and so again i think that it's a testament to just great players here yeah. uh, everybody's just so wonderful but but also it does it, it has opened my eyes to some uh you know home games and everything else of at least getting a feel whereas before i was like no that's a waste of time we're just gonna move to the good stuff <laughs> um, and 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 getting a feel because some groups they do want yeah. to just move ahead but then it's it, it's like you know i've actually opened the door a little bit and then some of those other games that i'm playing uh people are like oh wait a minute like, play like during this part like this used to be you know a load screen or whatever <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it, it is fascinating to see but i think some of that came out of us you know having played together for a while and having had some of our favorite moments happen in those quieter yeah. times Ooh. that just we've sort of found that and that it's I kind of love that that's been this progression um as a as in all of us I don't know <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and it's been flexible right because we've had those moments of all right it's time for a long rest there isn't really anything in specific anyone wants to talk about or we're real interested in just getting to the next thing and so we have had a couple of times where we're like and you rest so like having that flexibility you know or even some of the rests in where you know just two or three of the characters want to be able to to have a chat or get something out and the others are okay like um i i feel like we have an out of that last watch that is one person you know if anyone's like ah, i i just i just need a long rest uh i'm not ready to have a conversation i'll just take the the last one here i'll just take the lone lonely watch <laughs> so like it, there's a lot of flexibility in uh, who wants to do it and when and the other thing that at least i've learned about especially those kinds of scenes is um james Hake said a while ago that the best thing about being a, a dm or a player is being the fan being a f- the biggest mm-hmm. fan of the other people your other characters and like just reveling and watching like these stories happen <laughs> so mm-hmm. even when i'm not doing when when neb isn't doing anything for 20 30 minutes because there's this scene happening i'm just riveted because i'm like <laughs> it's, it's my stories i get my stories now. here we go the amount of characters i've you know borderline hated that of, of players that i've played with over the years of like i yeah. just completely tolerate them uh and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff like uh is too many to talk about and so like it really is just so special that when you all create characters, and again, it goes to this preparation that you know, I genuinely like all of the characters. I'm like, you know, I would, I would read a comic series. Um, you know, these characters I enjoyed that, and um, they're just, you know, I definitely have not been able to say that for for every group I've been in. But but everybody just really brings their A game uh, to to getting you know those characters made, and again, those motivations and personalities and everything. It, it's just top notch. Well, we're getting the movie made with bunches of money, right? And yeah, bunches of money. <laughs> bunches of money. <laughs> Another way Silas is not like <laughs> Oh my god. 
I sometimes so I I mean I, I have to call out even though we, we were missing we were missing Maeve and we did really miss her, but mm-hmm. the game we got to play in person at in San Diego was was really special too because you know we hadn't really been able to be around each other before, so it was really nice to, be able to do that. I feel like um that game for some reason made me it made me feel like our characters regard each other almost you know how siblings regard each other. Mm-hmm. Like you love each other, but it's like I also want to kill you sometimes. But I love you, and I'll say I'll, I will give my life for you. But what are you doing? You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Well, you had Gabe Gloria as your mother figure for mm-hmm. that adventure, so that really I, I think brought out the siblings. Belt. I will turn this car around. I will turn this car around. Totally. Watching Gabe Hicks, the person who is usually the most chaotic the in most every chaotic. game, the, the most chaotic. Well, well Gabe said he didn't mom. even know what to do. He was, he was like, I got into the middle of this, and I'm usually the voice of chaos. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like, that is already well spoken about. <laughs> we have the chaos covered. Oh, yes. Great. Yes. That's what the C in the COE stands for, right? Chaos of chaos. He chose the the mother, the conductor, the organizer of the you know the tour. Like he chose the most organized, yeah, by the book person in the like NPC world that he could choose. So I, you know, I was like, yeah, you mean you you picked Mama Bear? Go for it. We were like, we were all wondering, how is he going to play that? I wonder how he's going to play that. And he like, it was like perfect. Perfection. Yeah. So well done. So yeah, that's where I remember after I was like, you know what? They're siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, for all that all of you talk about being the biggest fans of each other at the table, I'm so sorry the position is already filled. Uh, It is filled by me your gentle host, Sam DeLev. Uh, But I will have to wait for the continuation until next year, uh, because not only will that do it for us for this episode of On the Airte, but this is what rings out the year for Children of Airte as a whole. But don't forget to tune back in, y'all, at Demiplane RPG next year for its most glorious return in the second week of January, January 9th. So thank you again so much, everyone. (laughs) Happy holidays to all of you, both here on the show and all of you at home. And we will see you next year for many more adventures, watches, and hopefully a couple fewer death saves. No, no. More. More. More oh my God. I mean, let me hop up. I'm just going to say, so this is, my, this is my adventure book where I keep all of the secrets and notes and everything in it. Uh, it's filled. Uh, so next year will be the start of a new Loish term uh, oh. for Children of Verte. Uh, and as you know, as you know, we shall be potentially heading to other climbs. Uh, so, yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> Come back and join us next year. Come back and join us next year, but until next year. Y'all, we're going off the air today. Thanks for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Erte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.